Hello and welcome back, everybody, to the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. It's your host, Josiah, here to go one verse at a time through Scripture with you guys, paying close attention to context, wondering how the, each Scripture could shine a light on Jesus, his character, his commands to us, his love for us, his faithfulness, and then just looking for little practical ways um, that this verse of the day can um, help us as we actually follow God. So we're not just gaining Bible knowledge, but more importantly, getting closer to the Lord and learning how to live for him. All right, we're going to the um, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, okay? Second Corinthians chapter 3. Um, I feel like Corinthians, 1 Corinthians gets a lot of play, a lot of drama in their church, and, you know, there's 1 Corinthians 13, it's a big chapter on love here at a lot of weddings. You got 1 Corinthians 12, it's got the body of Christ and spiritual gifts and all this stuff. And so I feel like it gets a lot of play. Is 2 Corinthians as high on the list? I don't know, but I really like it, man. There's a lot in 2 Corinthians. If you've uh, never made your way to that second letter, uh, let me recommend it. And today we'll dip in. All right. So we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I mean, yes, chapter 3 and verse 17. And again, a little bit, of, just a little bit of context. So Paul loved the Corinthian church, and he said the Lord was obviously working with them. They just had some problems, some division, and some spiritual show-offs, you know, just some issues. And so he wrote that first letter, and he's correcting them and stuff. And then the second letter, he gets even deeper into um, maybe there were some, you know, false teachers or leaders or things that were discrediting Paul and saying he wasn't really God's guy and that they needed someone better and a super apostle and all this. And so there's a lot of personal teaching and appeal. You know, there's a lot of appeal in here from Paul to the church. Like, I love you guys. You know me. Um, I am humble, but that's what God wants and so on. So that's kind of, that's a lot of the second letter comes from that, but there is quite a bit of teaching. For instance, our verse today is, is deep stuff. And I'll just go ahead and read it. And I think you'll know what I mean. And then we'll look at it in context, meaning we'll go below you know, we'll go a verse below and some above to try to understand what Paul's getting at. But this verse is deep, and it says this: First Corinthians three and seven, Second Corinthians three and seventeen in the ESV reads: Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Um, this is a pretty classic um, verse of the day, where if you are a follower of Christ and you have, you know, a some a pretty good familiarity with scripture and Christian language. This could be extremely encouraging to you. It is to me, you know, the Lord is capitalized, which typically is referring to Jesus and spirit is capitalized, which is referring to the Holy spirit. Okay. And so I'm thinking about how Jesus set me free and how, you know, free from my sins, from bondage to sin and guilt and shame and, how I'm experiencing that freedom on the inside because the Holy Spirit lives in and through me. When I wake up, I'm present to God and he's present to me and I don't have to sin. You know, I find my way into it, but God is giving me back my ability to lean on him and go his way and to be free from bondage to sin and guilt and fear and the devil. And I'm free to experience the spirit, you know, when I wake up and in the middle of the day and when I go to bed. And so I'm feeling that. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And I'm thinking about church services and my recovery meetings that I go to. And, 
you know the Holy Spirit is there and people are proclaiming their freedom in him. And so I'm, you know, I'm thinking all this and maybe you are thinking similar things. But I think it's fair to say that to someone who's not so familiar with it, this is a little bit hard to understand. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Sounds good, but man, what are we talking about here? And that's where context can help a lot, okay? So first um, context clue here is verse 17 starts now. Now the Lord is the Spirit. So we know Paul was talking about something else. And so a good thing for us to do, even if we think we do understand this, is to go further up and see what brought this up in the first place, okay? So we won't be able to answer every question, but maybe we can shine some light by going up to verse 12. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. See, we already need, we already need more context. But uh, in the sake of time, I'll just say that Paul is in a, in a good discussion about how the law brought by Moses, Ten Commandments and so on, was a diagnosis of the problem, sin, with the proper prescription, condemnation and death, and that it was even good for God to do this for his people Israel because now they knew who they were, why they were lost, and what that penalty was, and how awesome it was that God was willing to take uh, responsibility for them and in providing this system of sacrifices and worship and the temple worship and things like this for them to be close to him and his people, even though they were under that condemnation of the law and sin. And then he goes on to say, but we as followers of Christ have even more hope because now we know that Christ has died once for all, that final sacrifice, that final open way into the life of God and for the remission of sins, not just um, sacrifices and kind of a way to go ahead and live with God, even though we know we're still under the ban, but actually a way to die to ourselves and come alive that second birth to Christ. And so that's why he says, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. So that's what Paul's saying. Like, I don't live in fear because I know that I've died to that old life and to sin and to the condemnation of the law. And so I'm very bold with you guys and with God. And verse 13 says, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. Moses' face used to shine with the glory of God after he'd come down from the mountain and it scared the people. So he'd put a veil over it because these people were scared. They're like, man, God is just too holy for us to be around. And Moses didn't want him frightened all the time, so he would veil his face. And Paul's saying, we don't do that, you know, because we don't have to be afraid of God. He has paid the penalty for us and he welcomes us in. But their minds were hardened, referring to some of the Israelites, for to this day when they read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Okay? So we're starting to understand that what Paul is talking about, that the Lord is the Spirit, is he's saying when we come to Christ, we start to realize that we can have that relationship with him, that we are no longer under that bondage of sin, and we don't have to be afraid of God. We can just admit who we are, rebels, sinners, in need of forgiveness. And what we find is not condemnation and death. We find that someone took that condemnation and death for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. And so that veil can be removed from our hearts. You don't have to be afraid of God or wonder what he thinks about us. When we turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. What will it look like to have a veil removed from your heart? What would it look like for your inner person to be free to know that you could be around God in Christ? Well, that's what verse 17 begins to bring up. 
Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We are free to be vessels of the Holy Spirit, to experience the presence and the uh, relationship of God in our inner being because we have been born again. We've been born of the Spirit, and we are now God's children. And so we experience that freedom on the inside, not just some sort of outward religion. Verse 18 And we all, with unveiled face, that's back to that reference of Moses now, so we can understand that. It wasn't like we had a veil on our face, but he's referring to Moses, putting that veil to hide the glory, to not frighten the people. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, because we're no longer afraid, are being transformed into the same image. What image? The image of the Lord, Jesus Christ, who he was, how he acted, his relationship with the Father, we are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another. It's a process. We're moving, but we are moving in that direction, and we're moving in that way by keeping our face on the Lord, not by trying to be good or um, impress God or earn our way in, but instead by being related to reveling in and deepening our relationship with the Lord through the presence of his Holy Spirit. This is being tra- This is transforming us into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. All right? So this is all of, it's kind of takes in all of Christian spirituality here, all in one package, um, that what it means to be um, a Christian means to come into deep and personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, who is God, and to keep deepening that relationship because as we do it changes us as a person so being near to god changes who you are and it changes you not in some random direction or into some kind of goody two shoes but instead it transforms you into the character of jesus christ okay from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the lord it's not our doing and it's not under our strength it comes from jesus who is the holy spirit okay so, again, there's a ton here. This is deep stuff, as usual, for Paul, and I know we haven't answered every question, but it's cool how if we just go a couple of verses above and beyond, it can begin to shed light on verses like 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Um, we see Jesus in these verses because it's it, it's about him, right? It's about how Jesus was God relating to us on a personal level and opening his heart and his inner life to us. And it's about how Jesus died as as the removal of that guilt and condemnation that we rightly deserve for our sins. Sometimes as Christians, we're condemning ourselves. Man, I just feel guilty. I feel like I deserve to die for what I've done. True. But Jesus has died for you. That's the most important part. It's not trying to minimize the guilt. It's just saying, you're right, but Jesus has taken that penalty for you. And that he's literally allowed you, Galatians 2 and 20, literally allowed you to die with him, to identify with him in his death so that we can identify with him in his resurrection in life. Okay. All right. Before I start preaching, I'm going to just have to turn it, turn it loose for now. But um, I'm so glad to be with you guys today. I hope this verse will encourage you today to go towards that personal relationship with God. He's there with you. It doesn't matter where you're listening to this. He's there with you. And instead of leaning away from it in guilt and criticism of ourselves, we need to lean into it because by going towards it and with unveiled face, that's how we'll be transformed. Okay. All right, guys, so good to be with you. See you next episode.